When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. This year marks the 30th anniversary of Rusted Root releasing its debut album, Cruel Sun, in 1992, including the first rough version of Send Me On My Way. I spoke to frontman Michael Glabicki when the band played the amp by Strathmore in North Bethesda, Maryland in 2016. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Now, what uh, what can we expect to hear at, at this particular show? This is part of a national tour you guys got going, right? Yeah, we, um, we've been out for about a month and a half now, and uh, it's going great. I think, uh, you know, we cycle sometimes through material and through uh, ways to create and communicate on stage, and uh, we're in a pretty good spot right now. I think it's uh, one of my favorites of all time, so I'm pretty happy about it. That's awesome. Take me back to when you guys uh, formed, because you guys are like a, a Pittsburgh-based band. Um, what year was it, and how did you meet the original uh, members? Well, we started in 1990, and in about 1988, I dropped out of my first year of college and started writing with the intent of starting uh, a, a band or the band, and... Um, so I was running for about two years and um, playing with uh, a few different people here in town and uh, sort of getting my songs and ideas and the vision for the band together. And, and then in 1990, we we started uh, all coming together through some auditions and such. And um, pretty much the, the end result was everybody kind of knew everybody from, from, uh, African drumming class at, at uh, Pitt University. And, um, that was sort of like my, my vision going into it was to find people that knew something about African drumming or world beat music. Um, and so, so that all, that'll happen. And then, uh, we got, we got started pretty quick and, and it, you know, within, a I want to say about uh, three years, we had sold uh, 40,000 copies of our first record out of the back of our truck, and um, I think we had recorded it in 91, and by 93, we had sold 40,000 just touring, so uh, that's when the record labels started to take notice. Awesome. You mentioned the the African drumming class. You, I mean, you can definitely hear that in your guys' music. It's it's sort of this, you know, mishmash of a bunch of sort of global influences, a little Latin, a little Afro pop. Um, what drew you to that sort of thing? You know, even before you took that African drumming class, like, w- were there certain artists that that influenced that for you that you said, "Damn, I want to make music like that." Well, it was. <clears throat> it sort of came to me, um, I guess, all at the same time. So. So I was seeing some African drumming uh, percussion ensembles come through Carnegie Mellon and Pitt University. I, watched, I actually didn't go to Pitt. 
but uh, the other members did um, later on when I when I got together. But but this is like back in high school. I, I saw some of these things happening, and and I saw that uh, my cousin was in a band, and he he was also in an African drumming band, and and so it was all kind of happening all at once. And um, just seeing the energy of, of the music at these festivals and stuff, and just feeling it, I just was was immediately drawn into it. And so when I started to write songs, uh, that those kind of that kind of energy, that kind of rhythm on the acoustic guitar started to come out. And um, uh, you know, it was, it was as much intuitive as it was kind of being around it. Um, so. When I when I finally started to put it all together, I was like, at least I at least want people to know in the band, you know, ab- about it, or to, to have that, to have known that feeling, or to to have been attracted to that feeling. Because when we really got into when we really got into the music and and the songs, I mean, we uh, at least my my direction was more intuitive rather than going out and finding influences. Uh, some people were more involved in the influences in the band, and we kind of brought those in, and I could say yay or nay. Um, so that that was that's that's sort of how it, it it got started. And then Peter Gabriel came out with So right around that time, and um, I actually had a, a, a immediately had an uh, an adverse reaction to it because it wasn't how I would want to use the, those sounds. But at the same time, I was very intrigued because he was the only person doing it. And then as I, as I started to learn more and listen to more of it, I really got into it. But um, there was like, it was more a feeling for me. And there was a certain feeling that I wanted and, and needed out of, out of the arrangements of, of my songs. And, um, but he, he gave the green light as far as, well, we, you can, we can use this sound, these sounds and it can be successful in, in a, um, not just a, an interesting way, but in a mainstream way. Definitely, um, and and you you went from the interesting way and uh, evolved into the mainstream way as well. On um, the one everyone will know you for is "Send Me on My Way." Um, tell tell me sort of how do you remember where you were when you wrote that? Because I I know it first appeared sort of in a rough state on "Cruel Sun," and then you re you guys redid it for "When I Woke," that you, your big yeah. platinum album. Um, where where were you when you wrote that? And and sort of take me through you know both versions and and why you decided to redo it. We had a studio down in downtown Pittsburgh, and I would go in during the day and and write and listen to tapes and kind of get my thoughts together on on what we we're going to do in practice that night. and And I walked in, and there was just this this feeling in the room, and the and the sun was shining in these warehouse windows, and um, it was just this sort of energy filled the room. And um, I ended up just writing it within maybe like five minutes, you know, and it just sort of came out and I could feel like, you know, I mean, I could feel other, this energy in the room or these other entities around that were sort of just very playful and joyful. And, uh, I was just sort of overcome with that feeling. So the song, when it came through, I was just, I was just giggling and laughing about it, you know, and, and having a good time with this energy. And then that night when the band came in, we pretty much arranged it, um, in one night. I mean, it was just pretty, pretty quick. I think the bridge came, uh, a week later. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's songwriting and then getting the songs and then seeing how they come together is kind of like life. You know, you can, 
you really don't know what's happening until you you know it's years later and you kind of look back on it and you start putting things together. Um, I've been playing those chords um, of Send Me On My Way for probably like eight years and just was very intrigued with it and was always trying to write songs with those chords. And then just one day it all makes sense and, and you find what the, that eight, those eight years meant and that search through those emotions meant. And, um, but, you know, then, then you kind of go like, well, what came, you know, uh, you know, you, you just don't know how it all fell together. I mean, looking back on it, it was just sort of this magical experience. And I think uh, a couple of days later we performed it out and people were just immediately like, Hey, that's, that's your pop hit. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> that wasn't my scene. At, that wasn't my scene at the time. So I was just kind of like laughing it off. But uh, it it kind of grew and grew and grew and and had a life of its own. And then um, we recorded it on our first record, and and that was just more of having something for people to take home from our shows. And uh, and then it became a, a big hit. And um, and then it keeps growing and keeps growing even now, you know, it, it, it's, it's like the kid that went off to college at this point, you know, you kind of get, get messages. Oh, like, like so-and-so's doing this now and so-and-so's doing that now. And you're like, Oh, okay. You know, it kind of feels like that, you know, it's sort of like out of our control. Yeah. I mean, you almost forget that it was all the way back in the early nineties. Cause it's, it's all around us. I mean, it's on every like movie trailer and soundtracks. It's still on the radio. Like it's pretty, uh, it's it's pretty ubiquitous at this point, so that that's gotta that's gotta be a great feeling. Um, what just I want to drill down into. You said something interesting. You almost described like almost like a spiritual experience with the light coming through and 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 like you said, these chords you've been working on. You know, you've been banging on it for like eight years or something, just in your mind, and and then all of a sudden it clicks. Do you think that that sort of epiphany, sort of moment, if you want to call it that, happens to to most artists when on on their major stuff that that breaks through? Like, is there this sort of like a moment of clarity? I mean, I was I was reading on your bio that you said society has gone through um, from an industrial age to an individual spiritual age. Is is there sort of a spiritual element? To what you do absolutely i mean that's sort of all i know actually um if i try to if I, if I try to go out and write a pop hit uh you you will you will definitely i guarantee you will laugh at me <laughs> <laughs> it'll be horrible it'll be horrible um you know music to me is is kind of like uh the 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 practice the meditation the uh the guide uh through life for me and um it's connected to my dreams it's connected to my uh spiritual feelings it's connected to my spiritual experiences and, and and all of that and that's sort of like that's sort of been my domain and and anytime i've tried to go out of it i've failed miserably so it's all i really have yet i don't really want anything else i i think um, you know, I always had sort of like this feeling like, oh, I'm going to, to develop this, uh, my domain, this, this way of, of being, uh, spiritual and, 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 and drawing people through the music into this deepness. And then I'm going to get really good at writing pop music. And then I'm just going to like rule the world, but it doesn't, it never happened. You know, it's just sort of like once, once I'm here, I can't get out of it and nor do I want to get out of it. And and now with our live performances, even 
I'm going way deep into that. I've kind of like given up on on trying to be anything else other than that. And so the people that I put around me, some of the new musicians and the way that we've developed as a band as as the the uh the old mu- you know, the original musicians um we've we've focused on that and we've gone really deep into it. So every night we enter that space of pure uh creativity pure acceptance of whatever um we're not trying to be uh, exciting we're not trying to be interesting we are just taking the energy of the crowd and doing whatever whatever happens happens and that that again is the most exciting thing that could ever happen because once you get out once you get out of your mind and you get into this you know this inspiration this intuitiveness uh, the crowd can create something that that I would never think of creating. Um, so so five times a night I start laughing because I've never heard us, meaning Rusted Root, sound like this. It's it's a, it's a it's an original experience. It's a unique experience, and it's one that might ne- might never happen again. Yeah, but isn't exactly isn't that what what you know being a that sort of jam band thing is all about? That just that organic. Um, you know, just feeding off of what what the room is each night. I, I love that idea, and that's uh, is that sort of why why we should come out at, at Amp. You know, even if we've owned your albums and <laughs> have seen you, you know, do other things. But ex- you know, explain to our listeners, you know, why why it's important to just come see you guys jam live here. Well, for for that reason in particular, I mean, I think there's in in that union with the audience, it becomes a ritual. It becomes more than entertainment, more than a show. Um, they be, uh, the audience becomes literally energetically involved so that they're passing energy, we're passing energy through us. And I think we're all being healed in that movement. And, and it's kind of like, like we go through life and we become hardened and then this music comes that has this deeper meaning. And once it, once it comes through you, it starts to open up these little blockages in your system and by the end of the night you feel like like a different person you feel like like something has healed you or uh, at least that's the way i feel and that's the way a lot of our crowd talks to us about what they've gone through um in life and 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 using our music and, and our concerts to to heal or to get through uh certain patterns definitely um, the, for those and, that come and out, it's, and, and it's not, it's not, it's not. I don't, I don't want to say it's jam band or it's anything. I mean, there's a lot of jam bands that don't do that, that are performing and and going through uh, thought. You know, it's, it's sort of it's very thought out. Um, and then there's there's some pop music, there's some other types of music that, that are very healing in that way and, and very ritualistic in that way. So I don't want to say it's a jam band thing per se, but I, uh, but I think it's a, it's an, it's a deep intention and also a deep space from, um, from an experience and, and songwriting, uh, intention. There's a certain intention set up around it. I love that. Um, dish on, dish on the people up on stage with you, your bandmates, uh, at least the the current group. You know, so what is what is Patrick, Liz, Corey, Dirk? You know, explain sort of just real quick, a little uh, what each one brings to the to the group. Well, uh, let's see. Patrick plays bass and sings background vocals, and uh, he's he's sort of 
uh, he's sort of intuitive in, in a way that's um, uh, very, you know, he, he's very, uh, I just want to say, like, he brings lo- loyalty to the uh, to the group and that, that feeling of, hey, we're all together and... Um, and we're doing something special and that kind of, that kind of energy. And we are, we kind of feed off of that. And, uh, Corey's just, our drummer is just super intuitive. I mean, whenever I, I think something or like, uh, an idea comes, like, it looks like it's presenting itself. He's like already on it before I could finish, uh, thinking that it was happening. And, um, <clears throat> Liz just, her, her vocals are, are amazing. And, um, and she plays like all these different percuss- percussive instruments and uh, washboard and, and all this crazy stuff. And then Dirk um, is uh, just a very proficient guitarist and able to to go anywhere that I that I want to go um, musically. He can just jump right in and and uh, um, plays off my guitar really well. Um, in 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 not a in in more of a feel kind of way, you know. It's just sort of like uh, he's able to to take on an infinite amount of feels, and, uh, and then I play guitar and and sing. I play electric guitar and acoustic guitar, and uh, those are two very different instruments to me. And um, yeah, so yeah, definitely. Um, I know amp is amp's definitely more of sort of like an intimate venue, but you guys have. You guys have torn, toured with some pretty big acts too. Is there anything you, you you know you pick up about performing from you know you pick up from like guys like Santana or Dave Matthews or Allman Brothers? You know any any tricks of the trade you learn from touring with big names like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, probably the most in- influential would be San Carlos Santana, and um, again, it, it comes down to intention. And, you know, your <clears throat> people's artist intentions can be, uh, I'm going to work really hard on this. I'm going to, I'm going to project some image of myself. Uh, I'm going to boost my image up this way and this way and this way. And I'm going to look really cool and people are going to love it. And then there's artists that, that are continually learning and deepening in, in that, that spiritual realm that I was talking about earlier. And Carlos is definitely, uh, definitely all of that. You know, he, uh, when we showed up for a tour, he invited us up on stage. Uh, I think there were seven of us at the time. And, uh, I think we played about five songs with him, And I think two of them, his band didn't even know. So uh, there was about 14 people on stage for two of the songs that didn't even know the, the songs except for him. But he, but he knew everybody on the stage. He, he had studied Rusted Root. He had studied a lot of the songs that we had done. He had studied my guitar playing um, to the point where he knew, like at one point he pointed at me and walked off stage and lit up a cigar. And I had to sit there and solo until he came back up on stage and I, I mean, I, I literally was um, soaked. You know, I was sweating from from head to toe. And um, but I immediately went into playing it, and I realized that it was very similar to some of the other solos that I had done. And um, 
so I was saved, but I, did, I still at that point didn't realize that he had studied us. And then, uh, you know, we, we did that every night. And then a couple of gigs later, he would say, hey, come on in. And I'd sit down in his dressing room and he would show me some things that I wasn't thinking of on the guitar and that would connect up certain ideas that I had. And then the next next few nights, he would point at me and then I would start to implement that stuff. And he would sit there with uh, Chester, the, key, the keyboard player, and he would go, oh, yeah. And they would both sort of like cheer me on so he what i'm what i'm saying is he was he was a teacher first and foremost um when we met him i mean it, it wasn't uh he wasn't trying to, to put on uh the most successful show he was trying to put on a show that that uh projected um evolution of of us as humans as as spirits it was it was very uh it was just extremely extremely different than anything i've ever experienced and um and then later on he started talking to me about leading the band and and what he saw in me as as good things and, and some and some things that i needed to learn and i remember one day we came off stage and i was i was happy but he could see i was a little like still thinking about what had just happened and he goes he walks up to me and he goes, uh, he goes, man, you need to get angry. And, and I, and I said, I said, what? And he goes, you need to get angry. And he walked away and I was like, I don't, I don't know what he meant. And then as, you know, as days would go by, I would figure out what he meant and, um, and how useful that was of a comment. And, you know, it was just, it was just, it was just like that. And, and he always, you know, his, his, his phrase to me, was always um, uh, it's not about success, it's about progress. And that, that always stuck with me. You've been more than generous with your time. We can let you bounce. But, but before, I, before you go, I've always wanted to know where the name Rusted Root came from. Is there any of your spiritual ties, a tree of life? You know, what, where does it come from? Uh, it, it actually came from nowhere. It was just us sitting in a room. We had, um, it was our second gig, and we needed a name really quick. And... Um, I think our first gig was a benefit, so we could just say, hey, these guys were playing. But then our second gig, we were opening up for a high school band at the Electric Banana, which was a, a punk uh, club in uh, Pittsburgh here. And uh, we needed a name real quick, and so we all sat in a circle, and when someone said Rust, and someone said Root, and we put it together, and, and that was the name. Gotcha. And you're, so you still live in Pittsburgh? You're yeah. Yeah, we're all, we're all still here, and... Um, I guess uh, we're playing their skins on Monday, so we'll see how that goes. I was getting ready to, to say that, man. I was going to talk a little trash. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I hear you. I hear you guys have, are uh, going to be passing out burgundy towels. It's a, it's our way to uh, the. We've gotten embarrassed for the last couple years. You know, the terrible towels yeah. come down, and it's a sea of gold. So this way, even if you guys uh, swing them, it's still going to be burgundy and gold. I know. It's it's such an awesome idea. Uh, kudos on that. That's awesome. <laughs> Either way, I, we'll find out. By the time this airs, we'll know who won. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.